Father, when atrophy begins to take over our lives, I pray that we would seek your healing as only you can reverse this very atrophy by your grace and strength. Forgive us, Father, for when we allow these wounds in our lives to go untreated without your loving care. Heal us, Father. Strengthen us as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there are almost 5,000 people who follow my notes on Gab or are there. I posted a poll so I can better determine the stewardship of the time that God has given me. And then within roughly 30 minutes on a Friday morning, the poll reads that 8% see the notes and do not interact. 67% see the notes, then pause and think. And then 25% say they see the notes, pause, think, and interact. And so it is. I found this to be true throughout my service and time within local churches that even less than 10% are involved and active. Many will sit down and listen and pause, but even fewer will actually interact and be involved. And I I found it to be sometimes less than 10%. And we're going to talk about this 10% number here a little bit more in today's episode. But I got some encouraging replies, most of them anyway. Stahan 67 replied, I could do better, but I do reflect on the teachings and seek to improve my relationship with the Lord. And that's really, what more can we ask for concerning this work, gospel? <laughs> that's it. Because we can all do better. And we all need to reflect on the teaching of the Word of God. And seek to improve our relationship with the Lord. And in doing so, we will improve our relationships with one another. Uh, Most importantly, one of the most important being our relationship with our spouses and our children. General Nyan at Magicat replied, I interact if I have something to say that I feel is worth communicating. Of the content on this site, sincere and frank exposition of scripture truth is my preference. I appreciate what you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate your encouragement, General Nyan. (laughs) God is good. James Wilson replied, I pause and think, though sometimes I interact and I'm trying to do better with that. Well, we all can do that. We can all do better with that. Time is limited. I understand that. But the important thing is that people are tuning in to the preaching of the Word of God. And this is all that really matters to me. I do appreciate the feedback as well, though. Uh, The cake boy, Rob, on Gab, replied, Your preaching and encouragement is a flame in the dark. Please forgive me for not interacting more. As I read every single word you write, it's like being in the sanctuary Sunday morning, only it's all the time and at random. Please don't change a thing. Your work matters more than you can know. Wow, that's a true, true blessing, and I'm humbled by those words, cake boy, Rob. And I replied to him as well and said, May God's continued peace and blessing be with your family, you and your family, and keep up the good fight. Wendy, our sister in Christ, who's always encouraging, she says, all of your works in Jesus Christ are great. Bless you and them in Jesus Christ always. Amen. Thank you. Thank you to all of you who took the time to write those words this morning. And often, if I don't respond 
on Gab I do in this podcast, so some people may not even know they're being responded to, but I'm sure that there's those that are responding uh, to the content that I preach and post as well in the same manner. I may not even know it, but God does, and that's all that matters. B-Dub, knowing the time, replied, what does it matter? Do as you're led by the spirit of truth and righteousness. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. He quotes Ecclesiastes 12:13. He says, please be careful. As he quotes John 13, 37 through 38, which says, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for, Jesus, for thy sake. Jesus answered him, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? And then he brings in the reference where Peter denied him as the cock crew. And so I'm not too sure why B-Dub replied with this, but from time to time, I will inquire to see who's reading and listening on a particular platform. And this is so that I can better steward the time and the resources that God has given me. For instance, I do not waste very much time at all posting on other platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube because they hold those who follow my work on those platforms hostage. Hostage from their distribution feeds. But Gab doesn't. And this is why it's my social media headquarters. However, even so, there seems to be a certain level of voluntary atrophy even on Gab. Which brings us to the title of today's episode, number 20, Atrophy. So, I will continue to gauge from time to time as the Lord leads and presses upon my heart the effectiveness of any platform's reach. Again, so I can be a better steward of my time. Now, ultimately concerning salvation. Now we're getting to the meat of the matter. Salvation. There is no atrophy, which is a gradual decline in effectiveness until it becomes ineffective altogether. Listen, my friends, salvation is salvation. Whether you receive it at 10 or 80, while yes, indeed, this body is atrophic, but not salvation. Salvation in Christ is all the same. And I know of no one who says, I will wait to 80 to receive it. It don't work that way. When the light shines, you will either respond or you will close your eyes at that very moment. Now, thankfully, this light has shined more than once in my life prior to the day that I was born again. Which brings us to our reading in Matthew chapter 20, verse 10 through 14. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thou... Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as I unto thee. So it does not matter. It does not matter whether you enter into salvation with the Lord at the age of 10 or 80. Salvation is salvation. And this salvation brings us to the Jerusalem above. Not to be confused with the Jerusalem below. The same Jerusalem that we read about in verse 18. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. 
We read about a sanctuary and a Zion that is from this Jerusalem above. Today in our psalm in verse 2, send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Psalm 22. Then of course we know that Galatians 4.26 says, but Jerusalem which is above is free, which is the mother of us all. So here I seek to reside within this Jerusalem above. I spend little time on the power of the Antichrist because I'm more interested in the power of God. And we see this full power of God within the Godhead. In verse 23, Matthew chapter 20, And he said unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand, and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. So here we see two zealous followers of Christ who wanted to sit and one on the right hand and the other on the left. And Jesus said, it's not in my power to give. It's, it's, it's within the power of the Father. And it's here that we see that Jesus is not the Father. Jesus is clearly the Son of God. Walter Crankwright on Gab replied to this and just simply, simply quoted John 10, 29 and 30. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And then he quotes verse 30, I and my Father are one. And this is a beautiful passage that explains who our great God is and the fact that he's one being with three blessed and distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here we see and know that the Father is not the Son and the Holy Spirit is not the Father or Son, yet the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God. Now, I do not envy those who are closer to this great God of ours than me. As a matter of fact, I want to know who they are, and I want to know what they have to say. <laughs> and these people are, are far and few between, I'll tell you that. But when I find them, I respect them. I want to know what they have to say. And I want to strive myself to become a better Christian and closer to the Lord. And, and as one preacher had once said, Lester Roloff, he said, dig a little deeper, climb a little higher, and get a little closer to Jesus. This is my desire. There's no, no reason for angst. The disciples got a little bit angry. And uh, in verse 24, and when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. Now, Jesus was a proven leader. And I have found a proven leadership principle in the words of Jesus in verse 26 through 27. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. This is a proven leadership principle. The greatest leaders that I have ever served under practice it. And I had to learn to practice it myself. And believe me, I, I, I've seen the the effects of practicing it and when not practicing it. And I've done both. And all I know is one way to practice this leadership principle is to stand up for your people. And if someone tells you to shut up on their behalf, shout louder. Because this is what great leaders do on behalf of their troops. They speak loudly for them when necessary even at their own expense. 
we see that there were some blind men who were determined to get the attention of the Lord with this same sort of loudness. A loudness that was not atrophic at all. Matthew 20, 30-31, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace, but they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Now, Jesus knew what the men wanted, but they loud, yelled louder, You're not getting by, Lord. And this is exactly what Jesus wanted to see. He wanted the blind men to state this request on their own. He knew what they wanted. Just as I stated, this same desire to be saved on October 31st, 1993. And by the grace of God, I have owned this request. My eyes were opened on that day, and I have followed him ever since. And if your eyes are open, you will own this commitment and follow him too. The Daily Spurgeon at Daily Spurgeon tweeted today, Oh, it would be good for you to draw near to God. And you may do so, for Jesus welcomes those who desire forgiveness. You have but to ask him to accept you, and he will. In other words, cry out, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Verses 32-34, And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will you that I shall do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And what did they do? They followed him. This is what happens when your eyes have been opened by the king. Historical Christian quotes J.C. Riles. Today, God is far more willing to save sinners than sinners are to be saved. Yes, he is. We read in the same Psalm today, in Psalm 20, we will rejoice in thy salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And we know who sits on the right hand of God. Jesus is his name. This same God takes adultery seriously that often occurs in atrophic marriages. And so should we, Genesis 23. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Listen, don't do it. And if you do, expect the full onset of atrophy in your marriage. Now, yes, God can heal such atrophy, but not without some pain to go along with it. So we do not forget. We know that God is a healer. He reverses atrophy. Habit of husbandry posted on Gab. A picture of a of some gauze with a some sort of a shoestring. And she says, I love this photo. To me, it is a picture of confidence where once there was fear. It belongs to the right thigh of a ewe lamb that belongs to a greenhorn farmer. And this new farmer was pretty shaken up when a dog took a piece out of her leg while she was being carried by his wife. 
He was even more bothered when I told him that he could do the bandage changes on his U, since there wasn't any way I could make it to his farm two to three times a week. But he settled into the thought. We went over it again and again, and he messaged me whenever he had concerns. When I rechecked her after 10 days, her wound was healing beautifully, and he had replaced the now lost tie I gave him with his shoelace. By this point, he was totally owning her wound care and was doing a fantastic job. He didn't need me back for any more follow-up. She healed completely, and the new farmer has know-how under his belt that will last a lifetime. Husbandry realized. And we see this husbandry in the fact that God not only protects us from the stupidity of others, God even protects us from our own stupidity. There are dog bites in this world. Sometimes we bite ourselves, but God is the healer. If we would just seek him and go to his word and trust in his word and allow it to remove our fear, to message him back and forth, to discuss with him as he leads and he guides us by this leadership that we have spoken of today. What a God. Verse 6, And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou did this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. And it's here we find that we must respect marriage at all costs. Wounded or not, get out the bandages, get the shoestring. Do not look for excuses to destroy it, for in doing so you destroy yourself. You will lose more than just a ewe lamb. Genesis 27, Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and shalt live. And if thou restore not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. There is great loss to come with spiritual atrophy. Beware of half-truths that are meant to deceive, that are meant to bring us to this atrophic condition. Genesis 20:12. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. There's no need to tell half-truths. God's got our back. And there, this is a temptation. This is a temptation for all of us those of us who are even believers, is to use such half-truths to justify our sin, but it should not be so. God forgive us. Historical Christian quotes at Reformed Pastors quotes J.C. Ryle who said, A true Christian is not an angel. He's not a, half, he's not a half-angelic being in whom is no weakness or blemish or infirmity. He's nothing more than a sinner who has found out his sinfulness and has learned the blessed secret of living by faith in Christ. And it's only by faith, friends, that we can overcome such temptations. So speak the full truth and pray for our enemies. And let the spiritual cards fall as they will. God has our back. Genesis 20, 17-18. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. You notice it said Abraham's wife, Sarah. Christians are to marry Christians, period. I'll say that again. Christians are to marry Christians, period. 
Nehemiah 10.30, and that we would not give our daughters unto the people of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. Dr. Wilder, on Gab, replied and says, in all capital letters, it's called being equally yoked. Amen, doctor. This is a smart doctor. The Daily Spurgeon at Daily Spurgeon tweeted, It is an awful thing when wicked men are found in the church and numbered with her ministry. Then are the tears sown with the wheat and the poison gourds cast into the pot. How much more is the intimacy of a marriage as it pertains to these tears that are sown among the wheat? Ducal at Ducal replied on Gab and choose within your own race. Listen, I may have said this before, but I'll say it again. I'm a white Christian man. I married a white Christian woman. And it seems that the Lord designed us for such a way and that I'm attracted to white women or the white woman of my wife, uh, more so even than the other colors of skin. And this comes what they desire for our children to to look like their parents. Now, are there beautiful Christian women of color? Absolutely. If I was not able to find a a white Christian woman, perhaps I would have married a Christian woman of color. But at the end of the day, Christian marriage is key. At the end of the day, it said that concerning marriage, to include Christian marriages, that finances are a major cause of marital ruin without even taking in an account of the tithe. Well, you want to whine about a tithe a 10%, how about the 33 plus percent that we read about in Nehemiah 10 in our reading today? Also, we made ordinance for us to charge ourselves yearly with the third part of a shekel for the services of the house our God. Free speech czar Elak Elak Kragok inquired on Gab, is it not written that one is not to tithe while in debt? He says, I can't remember the verse, but I know I've seen it before. Well, my friend, there's no such verse that I'm aware of. If there was, no American would tithe. Home mortgages would obliterate the churches alone, not to mention credit card debt and every other debt underneath the sun. So the real question becomes, should we be in debt at all? As we read Romans 13, 8, owe no man anything but to love one another. Seeds of Grace Acres at WV Vet Farmer on Gab replied, debt equals usury and that it does. Historical Christian quotes at Reformed Pastors tweets J.C. Ryle again, the heart of a man can never be satisfied with the things of this world. It's always empty and hungry and thirsty and dissatisfied till it comes to Christ. It is only they who hear Christ's voice and follow him and feed on him by faith who are filled. And this is absolutely true. My wife and I were talking about this last night and how we're satisfied with our faith and our marriage and how all these material things seem rather small in perspective but yet people are filling their void the void that's found in this life without christ in true peace and marriage with material things and then they wonder why their debt grows now concerning this tithe by god's grace we've practiced this practice of giving a tithe and not only giving a tithe but of of our gross, the first fruits that we read about in verse 35, and to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of the trees year by year into the house of the Lord. And guess what? God has always blessed us in doing so. 
it just seems that even when we had little, that we would get some sort of great deal on something or there was always some sort of compensation and it would be to the point that it even outweighed our giving. God has always been good to us. Our cup overflows. We praise him for it. Free speech czar Elect Cragock replied and says, I'll dig more on this. I'm also reminded of the poor woman from Luke 21 who gave her last two coins. She was blessed for her actions. Yes, she was. And guess what? She tied 100% on that day. Now listen, my friends. I know that the preaching on giving is tough, especially if you can be stingy at times like myself. Thankfully, I have a wife, a faithful wife, who counters my stinginess with her giving. She doesn't tolerate stinginess. She doesn't tolerate atrophy within her giving. So I know, my friends, I preach the hard truths from the Bible because the Bible is hard truth. It is not atrophic. I preach the things the hirelings are paid not to preach. I pray that this episode of Gospeled was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.